In a quaint Swedish village, a love story spanning four decades meets a tragic and bewildering end. Agneta Westland, a loving wife and mother, is found mutilated near a serene lake. The prime suspect, her husband, Inyamar Westland, arrested and ostracized by his community, Inyamar claims innocence, but the evidence seems damning. Yet, as investigators dig deeper, they stumble upon clues so bizarre they defy belief. Could the real culprit be not man, but beast? People say Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion. I showed emotion. The following episode is not suitable for those under the age of 13. Viewer discretion and parental guidance is advised. Inyamar Westland and Agneta Westland met when they were teenagers, and unfortunately not all too much is known about their early childhood years or even their adult years. But what we do know is that when Inyamar had been 19 years old and when Agneta had been 15 years old, they had entered into a relationship together. This relationship would blossom into a lifelong lasting love that would tragically outlive Agneta. At some point in their 20s, the couple eloped. They would go on to have two daughters together, who would later tell reporters that their father would have worshipped the grounds that their mother walked on. In their later years, the two had settled on a farm in the small village of Lofterhammer. Agneta and Inyamar spent their days enjoying several hobbies and tending to the land as they enjoyed growing old together. They had a fairly set routine with a good reputation and several friends in the village overall. In the later evening hours of Friday, Friday, September 8, 2008, the sun still hung high enough in the sky for Inyamar, who had been 68 years old by this point, and Agneta, who had been 63 years old, to be outside doing odd jobs. They had both wrapped up their own tasks, with Inyamar riding a large ride-on lawnmower to shape up the lawn, and Agneta preparing to take the family dog on a walk. That evening, Agneta led the dog away from the land of the farm and down towards the shoreline of a nearby lake, a common path for Agneta to take. Inyamar carried on mowing the lawn, not giving it a second thought. It had been a perfectly ordinary evening. He did not know, though, that as he glanced over to see Agneta leaving the farm they shared together, that he would never see his soulmate alive again. As Inyamar finished up mowing the lawn, he went back inside the family home and sat on the couch. He and Agneta had been planning to watch a sports program that night after they'd finished their outdoor activities, but it had been growing late. This was strange for Agneta as she usually didn't take so long to walk the dog. However, Inyamar clicked on the television and told himself that she might have just taken a longer walk than normal. Agneta would sometimes pick wild mushrooms to use in her cooking, and always kept a small bag for collecting these mushrooms with her when she went on her walk so that, you know, she could collect these mushrooms and use them in her cooking. And because of this, Inyamar shrugged off her absence and continued to watch the television. Though, as darkness fell, 
Inyamar began to grow concerned. A long walk wouldn't have been too abnormal for Agneta, but a long walk after the sun had set was very out of the ordinary. All she had with her had been her mobile phone, a pack of cigarettes, the mushroom collection bag, and the family dodge. She had nothing that would have helped her see properly in the dark. Inyamar decided to call Agneta's mobile phone, but he received no answer, and that was also very strange for Agneta, who always ensured to answer the phone. Inyamar then tried calling up friends that lived nearby to see if she'd maybe stopped to see them on her walk, though they said that they hadn't seen her either. And in a panic, Inyamar grabbed a torch and put on layers, dressing for the chilly September air outside, and set off to look for his wife, Agneta. Inyamar searched along the usual path that Agneta would have taken to walk the dog, and called out into the darkness for her. His shouts echoed into the night, with only the sound of the wind rushing through the leaves answering his calls. He got no response, but he kept searching. Inyamar listened intently for any possible shouts, or even just barking from the family dog, but he was unable to find any clues as to the whereabouts of his wife. It wasn't until about 10pm that night, when he searched closer to the lake, that he found his wife, Agneta. She had been horrifically mutilated on the beach of the lake, about 10 metres from the shoreline. Her remains had severe damage to her legs and torso, with even further damage to her face and head. It appeared that whoever had murdered her had beaten and shredded her as much as possible in an extremely violent and brutal attack. When Inyamar checks for any signs of life, he tragically found none. And upon realising that there was no way he could bring her back, he immediately called for the police. When the first responders arrived on the scene, they were shocked at how gruesome the crime scene had been. And due to the grisly nature of Agneta's death, it was quickly determined to have been a murder. Now, as is stereotypical and arguably morally wrong to do so in the case of spousal death, the investigators immediately suspected Inyamar as being responsible for Agneta's death. The initial impressions of the scene told them that this had in no way been an accident. There was no possible way for someone to accidentally die in a way so gruesome without the involvement of machinery or something to that effect. The forensics teams analysed the scene and took several samples from around the scene before Agneta's remains were removed and taken to the medical examiner's office to undergo an autopsy. In later interviews, Inyamar stated that mere hours after the death of his lifelong soulmate and wife, Agneta, the chief of operations left him a message saying, quote, As you understand, you are a suspect in the murder of your wife. Inyamar was outraged and terrified by this, saying in an interview with Alice, quote, How the hell can you believe that I have murdered a woman to whom I have been married for 42 years, and with whom I have two children. Despite Inyamar's devastation at the accusation that he'd been responsible, the investigation into him as the possible murderer continued. The autopsy was conducted and determined that Agneta had died due to the trauma and from blood loss from the wounds she'd sustained during the attack. Specifically, the severe damage inflicted to her chest had caused severe, rapid, and fatal bleeding. The autopsy revealed that in some of the wounds of Agneta's body, there had been blades of grass and chunks of random fur as well as DNA evidence from some kind of saliva. Further, the autopsy had been unable to determine what exactly had caused the damage to Agneta's remains. No murder weapon could be determined. However, the authorities had a theory. The investigators theorised that it could be possible that some machine, potentially a machine like a lawnmower, could have been capable of inflicting that degree of severely violent damage, a machine just like the lawnmower that Inyamar had been riding that night. They speculated that it could be possible that he had run over Agneta on the farm 
placed her body in a trailer, moved her to the lake, and then pretended to have, quote, found her body there. And because of this, the authorities felt that Inyamar was more than likely the perpetrator of this killing. On Saturday, September 6th, 2008, less than 12 hours after the murder of Anyata, Inyamar Westland was arrested by the police on suspicion of murder. And the reaction in the local community was immediate. Those who once knew and liked Inyamar now hated him. They saw him as a monster who they believed had literally mowed over his own wife. Inyamar was sent to a correctional facility as a prisoner during the course of the interrogations by the investigators. They made to go over his version of events over and over again, and the investigators providing minimal information as to what they had found. The authorities spent significant time at the family farm, collecting evidence from the bottom of the ride-on lawnmower that Inyamar had been using, as well as several other pieces of farm equipment, and from a trailer on the farm. These pieces of equipment were all found to have blood on them. Samples were subsequently taken and sent to be analysed forensically to establish if they had contained Anyata's DNA. A cadaver dog allegedly also made numerous signals when detecting scents from around the farm. Ten days after the blood samples were sent off to be tested, the results of the DNA testing were completed. The blood was not that of Anyata. In fact, the blood hadn't been human at all. Inyamar was released from the correctional facility that same day, but he remained a suspect in the investigation. Following his release, Inyamar went to go stay with his daughters in another city as the community he once called home now hated him. He didn't want to stay there any longer. In October of 2008, the authorities decided to experiment further with this lawnmower theory. They conducted an experiment in which they purchased half of a pig from a butcher's shop, covered it with a layer of denim fabric as to simulate the jeans that Agneta had been wearing that night, and proceeded to use the lawnmower to run over the pig. When they did so, they found that the lawnmower actually sustained more damage than the pig did. They conducted this experiment several times, but found that in each experiment, the pig had not sustained the same kind of damage that Anyeta had during the attack. In November 2008, about two months after her death, Anyeta's remains were finally released by the authorities to the family, so that they could bury her and lay her to rest. However, it is important to note that they actually sent Anyeta's remains to the wrong place. They sent her remains to Vastvik instead of Naka, where her family wanted her to go. When Agneta's family reached out to ask about it, they were told that they would have to pay for her remains to be moved to the proper location. About this, Inyamar said, quote, It was like she was a form of cargo. They could have asked me or my daughters where we wanted to bury her. It was such a lack of respect. As the police continued to investigate Inyamar as a suspect, his wife, Anyeta, was buried at a church in Yaka. On Monday, December 15th, 2008, Inyamar was taken to the family farm one more time to recreate what he had done the night his wife was murdered. He followed back on his own path and explained to the investigators what he did, what he saw, and what he experienced that night. He'd go on to give a detailed description of what happened during that last questioning to the media and gave the investigators one last plea, quote, It is like this, and it may be difficult for you to understand, but I know that I am innocent, and my greatest fear is that you are now employing 30, 40 men to find evidence against me and concentrating on a completely insane theory that is technically impossible. And so that's the situation you've put me in. You're not going to solve this, and I'll remain a suspect and have to live with this for the rest of my life. I've been to the tomb three times, and I'm still labelled a murderer. It is completely incomparable. On Wednesday, January 28, 2009, Inyamar Westland was finally cleared of suspicion in the murder of his wife, Anyeta. He and his family came out and released a statement in which they said that it had been a massive relief that he'd been cleared, but that they hoped they'll get the truth soon. The investigators had still been set on the facts that Anyeta had been murdered, but 
they just did not know who by. It wouldn't be until later in the year of 2009 that the family and the investigators would finally see a break made in the case. As the detectives continued hunting for answers, one of the detectives stumbled upon a YouTube video from Canada in which a person was kicked to death by a moose. It's unclear whether this video had just been a discussion of the death or if it had actually been a recorded incident. But what we do know is that this video put a major doubt into their minds. What if the person who had murdered Agneta hadn't been a person at all? The investigators proceeded to reach out to the Swedish National Forensic Center, or the SKL, to find out whether there had been any animal DNA present on Agneta's remains. The SKL were quick to respond, and they told the investigators that there had been animal DNA found on the remains. The saliva had been that of an elk, and the fur found in the wounds had come from an elk, all of which was found on Agneta's body. On Monday, September 28, 2009, over a year after her death, it was concluded that Agneta had actually been trampled and killed by an elk. Now, elk aren't known for being friendly, but the theory as to how this had happened is genuinely wild. They theorized that the elk had actually been drunk at the time of the incident. There had been numerous instances of elks eating fermented apples that had been discarded in the cider-making process that had caused the elks to experience a form of intoxication, and that this intoxication had typically led to heightened aggression within the animal. Now, it is also important to note that there was mixed reporting to determine whether this was truly the case. However, it was still reported on internationally, so just take this with a pinch of salt. Despite having been cleared of any involvement in the death of his wife, many still felt that Inyamar has been the person behind her death. Many people in the village of Loftehammer felt that he'd looked out on the situation and that he shouldn't be walking around a free man. Despite this view in the court of public opinion, the forensic evidence supported the theory that Agneta had been killed by a moose that night. Inyamal continued to live close to his daughters after the death of Agneta, with him now having six grandchildren that have since been brought into the world. He spends his time with his family, who all naturally still mourn the loss of Agneta. Eventually, a book titled On Improbable Grounds was released, written by Hans Duckler, and this book was written based on the ten or so binders of files that eventually piled up about the case. Inyamal was actually interviewed for this book, and in an article after it was published, he said, quote, I have felt great bitterness towards the police and really wanted to write the book myself. I wanted to talk about how rude people behaved, but at the same time, I don't want to be a vindictive type. Inumar eventually received 24,000 Swedish krona, or just over 1,849 Great British Pounds, or just shy of 2,300 US dollars as compensation for his troubles, though his lawyer had initially requested 621,000 Swedish krona, which is 47,830 Great British Pounds, or just shy of 60,000 US dollars. When asked about this compensation, Inyamar said, quote, it's not about the money. I would like an apology or a pardon. I have not received that. In 2021, a documentary was released about this case titled Who Killed Anyata, which covered both the investigator's side of this case and the side of Inyamar's. Even years after the death of his wife, there are many people that still feel that Inyamar used the elk story to cover up the facts that he had murdered Anyata. However, it is vitally important to establish the degree of harshness that the investigation went to, which painted him out to be the killer to them. For over six months, Inyamar had been so badly slandered by his own community that he ended up moving away, abandoning his home, which he had lived in for years and loved for years. And although he had been cleared, the damage to his name and reputation had been irreparable. We were unable to determine whether Inyamar is still with us today, but 
We can speculate that he's still seen as a murderer in the village of Loftehammer that he used to call his home despite the official investigation's conclusion. Personally, and I don't usually give my opinions in these cases because I don't usually feel it's appropriate, but Within this case, I personally believe that Inyamar is indeed innocent. The presence of so much elk DNA, the fur, and the failed lawnmower experiments are impossible to ignore, especially as there had been no damage caused to Inyamar's lawnmower. What is interesting is I'm not, it's unclear what the blood that was found on the farming equipment was from, but as it wasn't found to be human, it likely was just some kind of animal or potentially rodent, something like that, but it is unclear what that was and that that is a bit of an answer question for me. I think the only reason that so many people believe him to be guilty was due to how skewed the investigation and subsequent media coverage had been, and the fact that some people simply don't want to be wrong. Whatever the case, I hope that Inyamar and his family have been able to grieve for their loss, and have been able to recover from what can only be described as a complete nightmare. And that's everything I have for you in this case. I know it's a shorter one than usual, but this case deserves your attention just as much as the case that is an hour and a half long. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and click the bell icon if you want to be notified every single time I post a brand new true crime case, just like in this video. You can find my research, which for this one was actually researched before I implemented this new system, but you can find my sources and research down in the description down below. And with all that being said, I will see you in the next case. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.